This is the Tribune Audio Network. Okay. Hi. Hi. Quit looking at your phone. Sorry. I'm oh so important. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hi, Just girl. Dying. Hi. Happy Hi. New Year. Happy New Year. Woo! Yay. We're so excited to be here. Goodbye, 2019. For fuck's sake. Goodbye. Good riddance. <laughs> Hello, 2020. Yes, I see clearly now. It's 2020. Get it? I get it. <laughs> oh I, my God, that was really loud. Sorry. Kenny's freezing. He's just like, shut up. I'm a little slap happy because I feel like I've only worked for two days, but it's been real. It feels it's like been a long month. two days. It feels like I worked nonstop for a month yeah. this week. Yep. But it's, it's been two it's days been as well. It's cool. Anywho, here we are. Mm-hmm. We're at Kenny's girlfriend's place, Kim. Kim. Kim, shout out. Um, we are kicking off the new year right with some more survivor stories. This is Sip. Survive. And repeat. I'm Jenny. I'm Danelle. And Kenny. And we're here because we like to talk about survival stories and drink wine. Although yep. I have to be honest with you, me and Danelle are venturing into a little non-alcoholic wine situation. We and there's wanna, reasons for that. Well, we're an equal opportunity wine connoisseur. Mm, so yes. I feel like we need to represent all wine drinkers. Yeah. And with Jenny's bo- body issues. Body, her buck <laughs> issues or body issues. Yeah. We uh, want to support her liver. Yeah. So I did find out today, everyone, that my liver is fine. Uh, so we thought so I was going to have... Cheers to that. We thought my liver was a mess. And um, so I haven't been drinking. And I feel like it actually has made me feel a little better to not drink as much as I was. But uh, at least I know I can have a drink here or there and yeah. still be okay. Um, I probably, it also woke me up to maybe eating less fast food, like less Baconators. Like less, B- wait, what do you like in the morning? A, a uh, BK. Uh, the BK Lounge. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, I have been, I've been eating wake-up wraps from Dunkin'. So you went from the BK Lounge to the Duncan. Is the BK Lounge a sandwich or is the, the lounge like a lounge that you eat the sandwich in? No, it's Burger King, my friend. Okay, but I thought that was the name of the sandwich. No, no, no. Oh, okay. I would I've get, only been I got a, I got a croissant sandwich is what I would get a when croissant I went sandwich. There. Okay. A bacon egg and cheese croissant sandwich. Oh, okay. No, not okay. <laughs> I, well, no. But the wrap sounds so much better from Dunkin Donuts. It's literally just like a little tortilla with egg and cheese inside, like nothing else. Great. It's like 140 calories per wrap. See? Look at you. So, Look uh, at you now. Mm-mm. Yes. Look at me now. Um, and then I also get um, a decaf coffee. I know I had two decaf coffees today. Oh, you crazy My girl. stomach is feeling a little, little loopy. A little loopy. Um, but let's tell you about our non-alcoholic oh, wine. Jenny brought this fabulous. It I've been drinking this over the holidays because I could A little suspect. It does. It smells a little yeasty. Yeah. Okay. So it's this is something that I think a lot of pregnant people have told me they've drank. Uh, but I know some people who are recovering alcoholics and things like that like it. It's called Ariel. And it is a 2018 Cabernet Sauvignon, but it is a premium de-alcoholized, I don't know if that's how you say that, wine. So it contains less than one half of 1% alcohol by volume. Okay. So I guess there's a, like a smidgen in there. Um, it's obviously, I'm not going to be able to tell you the percent because it's less than one half of 1%. <laughs> math. Um, math. And uh, I bought a case of this. A case, people, because I, <laughs> I've i really been enjoying my non-alcoholic wine at night instead of drinking. Well, December is stressful. And how else are you going to relieve your stress without drinking? Yeah. You're going to drink non-alcoholic wine. 
it makes it the routine of it makes me feel happy. Yeah. So okay, now cheers. I'm gonna see Janelle try it for the first time, and she's probably gonna be like, "You're disgusting." Let honey. me describe the smell. Yeasty, or almost even a little vinegary. Yeah, maybe vinegar. Yeah. Okay, it's not bad. It's a little grapefruit juicy, and a little whiny. Right? It's good. It's like not like it's not like when you drink Welch's sparkling. No, but there is a a, a skosh of like great well because there's grapes in it people there are but grapes there's a little grape juicy flavor to it yes I but i feel like the do you feel at the end how it's a little it has like the yeah the little wine kick yeah so yeah i mean i could cozy up to a fire with this yeah and pretend it, like this has been real. my fave so I like um it. but kenny's actually drinking because he is not sick and he's and also Friday and young as fuck so kenny kenny what are you drinking uh, same beer I drank last time I drank a beer in here. Passion fruit dank juice. Very good. I just like that it has the word dank in it. Yeah. Dank juice. Dank juice. That sounds like something kind of sexual. Sounds like a... <laughs> like you got dank juice. juice on your dress. <laughs> we don't want to hear about his plans later this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Was everybody... Did you have good holidays, everyone? Yeah, it was yeah. relaxing. Was it? It was so nice. Good. Busy, but... Had some relaxing parts. Okay. Yeah. I saw you downing a bottle of champagne. I did. Yeah. Was it amazing? It was delicious. Great. I made sure I had like an extra bottle just for myself when I bought the champagne for oh. the party. Oh, yes. Veteran mm-hmm. move right there. Mm-hmm. He's preparing he for the party. He knows. I am going out for drinks later tonight with my girlfriend, so I don't want anyone to think that I like stopped drinking. But if you did have to stop drinking, I'm okay with that too. I don't want yeah. to think I'm judging you. I mean, I haven't drank since last Tuesday. Okay. Because I drank so much on Tuesday. Yes. That I think I had a little bit of alcohol poisoning. Probably, Which is not like, appropriate when you're 38. Like a pinch of alcohol poison. Just yeah, just yeah. a little, little. <laughs> Which again does not go over well in your late 30s. No, I mean hangovers alone are the worst. But then you like do that to yourself. Yeah, I mm. might have a glass of real wine tonight. Yeah, cause... I'm gonna have a mixed drink because we're going to a distillery. Yeah. So I just want to like yeah tell the bartender make me something cool with like an orange peel in it. Mm. Mm. That sounds good. Like I don't know what. Maybe but... I'll do a vodka drink. No. Mm-mm. Nope. Oh, that's nope. That happened too last soon. Tuesday. Too, too soon. Too soon. <laughs> okay. All right. So we all survived the holidays. Good for us. Sip, survive, repeat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, okay. So should we talk about survival? Let's do it. Okay. Who wants to go first? I mean, I know you like to go first. I know, but are people sick of me going first? Mm-hmm. No, I think people like the format. Okay. Great. <laughs> Great. Okay. Great, guys. Let's do it. So let's jump right in. Okay. This is the survival story of Christine Bunch. You ever heard mm-hmm. of her? No? Okay. <laughs> a lot of I this, gave no answer and she's like no okay bye a lot of this is taken from episode 10 of my favorite podcast well my second favorite podcast which is Court Junkie mm. which I love I'm obsessed with and then also Murderpedia and all those other various sources oh, we rip off Murderpedia oh, I love it so um, on June in June 1995 mm-hmm. so we're going back to the 90s love it uh, Christine was only 21 years old she was a single mom mm-hmm and she was working on... Wait, how uh, old was she? She was 21. Oh, oh. Okay. Single mom. Mm-hmm. She was working and then also going back to school. Right. And she lived in a small town in southeast Indiana. Okay. Okay. And it was really early in the morning and she woke up to smoke and flames, realizing that her mobile home was on fire. Uh-oh. Um, the bad news, is, I mean, it was all bad news, but the, the really sad news in the story is that her three-year-old son, Tony was um, also inside the home. Aww. And 
she tried to everything she could do to rescue Tony, but he was in the south end of the um, of the house. So by the time she got to him, the flames were too hot and the smoke was too intense that she could not get to him. So she had to leave the house and wait for firefighters to show up to rescue him. Oh, God. Um, her and a neighbor did try to break through a window. And once they did break through the window, the flames were just like bursting out. And they, they could not. There was no have way to get you heard that you aren't supposed to do that? I don't know. I have not. But it kind of makes sense. I heard... And I, again, I can't by adding where, like, would you be adding, like, like, when you break a window, oxygen goes in, like, it's sucked in really fast, and then the flame feeds on it, I think, and it makes, no, yeah, is is that a backdraft, Kenny? Kind of, yeah, I mean, with the window closed, the fire's eating up all the oxygen, so eventually it would theoretically die, but opening the window hurts it. Feeds it, feeds the fire. Well, she, she did everything she could do. Okay. And um, she ended up having to wait for the fire department to arrive, which I can only imagine having a child and having to wait for someone else to rescue them. Well, uh-uh. unfortunately, um, by the time the fire department gets there, to their horror, she um, or he, Tony is no longer alive. So this is a survival story, but it's a different kind of survival story because her three-year-old son does not make it. I don't like um, that part. I know. I'm sorry. But... uh, Christine was taken to the hospital and she suffered mild mild burns and injuries. And at this point, um, you know, she had lost everything, her house, her son. I mean, all of anything she did have in life, which was not a lot uh, other than her son. um, It was gone. I would like to take this time to remind everyone, check your fire alarms. Yes. Make sure those those shits are working. And and don't be like me where you just take them down because they're beeping all the time. You've right. got to replace the batteries. You've got to replace the batteries. Okay. And also clean your lint filters. Yes. Very important. Very important. And I don't know if that means like the filter <clears> going <throat> from your dryer to the outside as well. Yes, You it need does. to get that clean too. Yeah, you got to clean that too. Which I think we need to do that I soon. think we need to do that too. Not just like the little tray thing, which I always clean. Yes. Please clean that between loads. But then also you have to clean the, the actual big this, lint thingy. This podcast is actually about lint, lint cleaning. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> Um, Fire safety, lint cleaning. So, um, let's see. She quickly becomes the primary suspect in little Tony's death. Oh, shit. So, and the horror had just begun for her, um, or had continued rather. Um, She was told by the police chief that the fire was no accident and it was being considered an arson case. Uh Uh-oh. And she was in complete shock. And she was also really scared because she wondered who in her life could have done this. Because she knew she didn't do it. Yeah. And she's thinking who, you know, is it a family member? Is it... Did she... Was she still in cahoots or in relations? Chugging wine, by the way. It's because it's it's not wine. (laughs) See? Now you like it. I like it. All right, so uh, was she still with the her the father of her child? It in everything I've read and listened to, um, he is not brought up at all. So I, I don't think so. Okay, it sounds like she lived. Alone. I immediately was like, the husband yes. did it, even though she's yes. not married. Um, she lived alone. I know. In, okay, with, in the um, in the mobile home with her son. Yeah. So um, let's see. Let's. She was in shock. So six days later, she was arrested. For the murder of her three-year-old son and arson, four months later, she was released on bond and with little money her family did have, and um, her family couldn't afford an attorney at the time, so she used the public defender, which this was his first murder case. Oh, no. 
No. So, What's yeah. his name? I don't know. We'll call him Fred. I mean, they did say it in the podcast that I listened to, but I didn't. I'm going to call him Fred. I skipped a few. De- if you want a really in-depth story on this, listen to Core, Core Junkie. Junkie. But this is kind of a recap of it. But um, so before the trial um, started, the state did come to her with a plea deal. Mm-hmm. And they said, we're going to drop. We will drop the. Um, if you plead guilty to the arson charge, we'll drop the murder charge. And you'll just take 15 years in jail. Oh, and she said no because she was innocent. She's mm-hmm. like, there's no way I'm going to ag- agree to that because I didn't do it. Um, also at this time, while she was out on bond, she found out she was pregnant. With whose baby? She was just having a good time. Girl. She's, you know, she was in jail for a little while, got out on bond. She's going through a lot. So was the knocking up before the fire? After the fire. So she... Like months, like she, yes. Oh God. Okay. Like she needed a little extra stress in her life. I know. And at this point when her trial then started, because remember she turned on the plea deal. So now she's going to go to trial. She's five months pregnant. So five months has passed since this point. Since she got out on bond, found out she was pregnant and now she's going back to trial. So she's five months pregnant. Yikes. Right. More, more stress. Okay. Um, so the state's case, they really had no motive for her to do this. Right. Um, but their theory was that she started the fire with an accelerant and trapped Tony in his bedroom by blocking the doorway with a piece of furniture that they noticed whenever they went to rescue him. There was a piece of furniture that was like, it was a reclining chair that was now, positioned. can I just be honest? Mm-hmm. Sometimes as a mom, you have to lock your kid in their room. And if you don't have a lock, you got to make stuff work. Right. Like I'm just saying. It just, it can happen. But the thing is, is the door wasn't locked. There was a chair that was positioned oddly in the living room Mm -hmm. but later she goes on to explain that it was positioned this way and her mom even made the same case is that it's always been sitting there and it's because they didn't want it to cover the heater vent so typically where you'd put the chair in the living room which was a small space they didn't have it there because there was a heater vent so it was kind of blocking his door but not on purpose that's just where the chair always sat but to the state's case they found this is very suspicious right and that she was trying to block his door shut um, let's see. And also that she had started the fire. They said they found burn patterns that indicated where the fire started in Tony's bedroom. Mm. Um, they also testified that they found hydrocarbons at the scene. What's a hydrocarbon? I think it's the residue that's left after you lay like, like you throw like kerosene down or something like oh, that. Okay. 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 I'm totally making that up, but that's, <laughs> that's in my it mind. That sounds that's really good. Right. Yeah, it sounded neat. Um, they also had a, a, a sniff, a sniffing dog. A dog sniffer. <laughs> a dog sniffer for arson. <laughs> What's the correct term? For that? I don't know, but I like it. They had an arson sniffing dog. Yes, sounds great. Good. And he probably wagged his tail a lot because they thought that he found something. They also sent samples to the <clears throat> lab, a more scientific approach, and said that they, known as the ATF report, and that it had come back positive that um that there was um stuff like kerosene and stuff in the fibers an accelerant then accelerant thank you um also they had said that after the uh, fire that she had told inconsistent stories and one of the like story- she wasn't just traumatized from losing her son exactly and that's you'll find out later that all of these things that they brought up were just... She also had carbon monoxide poisoning because she was 
from the smoke. Like she right. wasn't in her right mind and she just lost her son, people. Like, come on. Yeah, I would be a basket case. Um the state claimed that their if they did have a motive, that their motive was that she they heard a rumor around town was that she asked one of her really good friends, a family friend, to take custody of Tony if anything ever happened to her. Mm-hmm. Or no, back up. The rumor was is that she couldn't take care of Tony, so she asked this family friend to just, if she could give Tony to them. And the family friend said, no, 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 no. She didn't say that. What she said was, if anything ever happens to me or I get into a car accident or God forbid okay. something happens to me, I want you to take custody of him. So the family friend corrected the police officer ah. and said, that's not what that's not what was said. This is actually what was said. And in court, they also testified to this, but nobody believed her. So... <sighs> It wasn't looking good for her. Mm-mm. So the trial lasted six, six days, and the jury deliberated for only six hours, and she was sentenced to 60 years for the no. arson and death of her three-year-old son. No. Actually, she was sentenced to 50 years for the arson and then 60 for his death, but they could be served consecutively, so <clears throat> it was 60 years. Um, so while in prison, she gave birth to a healthy baby boy named Trent, and the judge in the first case, in her court case, made a comment about her being pregnant and said to her basically like I know you did this on purpose and you're going to pay for this and I'm going to make sure the state has custody of your child your unborn child so the judge just was not feeling her he didn't like anything about it but her parents ended up getting custody of him and um he also her mom and dad I don't know if it was her her parents they let Trent they would always bring him to the prison and the prison had like a family area so she did get to see her son throughout the years just not the way obviously she would want to see him right um so she never gave up hope she sent out hundreds of letters to eternity attorneys and eternities attorney (laughs) to eternities and innocence projects um and they all rejected her and basically like the innocence project project that she was trying to for them to see her case they just said basically we don't have the funds your case is too in-depth we don't have the money to, you know, overlook everything. I wonder how they pick the cases that they pick. Yeah, I'm not sure. Well, <clears throat> she did befriend a lady in jail who was also pregnant after she had her son and stuff and would bring her, like, cookies and stuff like that. And her lady friend, it wasn't like that, but her friend basically introduced her to a lawyer that she knew. And in 2003, she met Hillary Bordricks. I'm sure that's not how you say it who's her new attorney and who said to her i believe you i'm going to take on your case for free Ooh. so um they did work out some type of fee arrangement but hillary was the the attorney was basically like let's get things started and then we'll figure out the payment stuff later so again this is in 2003 so she's been in jail for let's see 95 since 95 at this point six seven eight, eight nine, years ten yeah eight years look at that math i did real quick and i'm like counting on my fingers <laughs> um <laughs> and again this was the first re- attorney to even respond to her and believe her and so once this attorney takes her on and they start moving through all the paperwork and uncovering the evidence and everything the state came back with another offer. And basically they said, if she confesses to the murder and arson charges together, she can, we'll let her out in six years. Now, this was one of the hardest decisions she's ever had to make. Okay. And basically she declined the offer. Now she's only been, she's only in eight years of 60 at this point. Mm-hmm. So they're saying, we'll let you out in six years if you just say that you did both of these things. 
And she said she had to decline it because what was she teaching her son? She said, quote, it's not right to tell a lie to get what you want. And she's like, yeah, I wanted freedom, but I wasn't willing to lie for it. Right. She's like, I didn't kill, I didn't set this fire. So on March 21st, 2012, she was granted a new trial. Mm-hmm. And um, spending the last 16 years in prison, she was getting her second chance finally. Um, well, total is 16 years, so the sentence doesn't really make sense, but you get what I'm saying. Um, so when they went back to trial, they really used new fire science. That is the fancy word for it. New fire science? Fire science. Um, <laughs> a lot of the evidence and science that they used back in 1995 just was outdated and had claimed at this point to um, be false and not accurate anymore. And um, let's see. Oh, they also found out that the state did not, they covered up, they said that the um, the lab results were positive for, uh, what's the word, Jenny, for the um, kerosene, what's it called? Accelerant. Accelerant. They said <laughs> that the the, um, the samples were positive for accelerant, which was a lie. They were what? actually negative. They completely just lied. Wait, and you they, can't, but you can't do that, they can did. you? They did. They did it. And they actually changed the um, the negative. There was like a negative sign <clears throat> on the report and they put a cross through it to make it positive. But they never presented the actual findings in court. While we're talking she had a about lawyer changing that, things like that, this is a public service announcement number two. Uh, clean the, your lint filters. And yes, yeah. when you write a date in the year 2020, do not just write 20. Do not write 1620. Because Why? People can, because people can write whatever date they want after the 2-0. Mind blown. So make sure you write, like, 2020. Yeah, get some oh, more non-alcoholic wine in there. I'm just getting so boozy over here. This is so good. This is like the sparkling wine we had, Kenny. It's just like you just really want to start. Like, at first, I'm you're just going like, to chug this. No, at first, you're kind of like, eh, it's not great. But then you're just like, it's great. This is, this is going down easy. How much sugar's in this, do you think? I'll tell you. I bet you there's a lot. No, they they put a... Sugars, 10 grams. That's not bad. Not How many bad. servings? Um, a serving size is eight fluid ounces, unlike wine, which is like, what, six? Four? Five? I don't know. I don't know. Four, six? That's so there's great. supposed to be three servings in this container. Great. And That's in not a bad. regular wine bottle, it's like four and a half. Mm-hmm. And I would also like to say that there's only 52 calories in a serving. I'm so into this. You can order it on Amazon. Great. Okay. okay. So, da, 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 da. they now leave. Okay. So, initially, the state had claimed that she started the fire on the floor in her son's bedroom. Mm-hmm. And now, with new evidence, they were able to prove that the fire started in the ceiling above his bedroom by electrical means. So, it was an electrical fire. Mm-hmm. So, she was finally exonerated in 2012. Wow. And her biggest statement to the world now is when you walk out of prison you so she's walking out without a conviction so there's no services provided for people that don't have a conviction when they leave prison so she didn't have a credit score she had no money she hadn't she couldn't apply for any of the um you know after prison help that a normal like convicted felon who was released could apply for can't she sue the state though ah but here here's the thing there are lots of states that offer no compensation, and Indiana is one of them. Oh. So there is, she is suing the state, but as far as like 
like for example, um, let's see, da, 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 da. Um, New Hampshire will give you $20,000 if they send you to jail and it's overturned. Uh, let's see, uh, Texas, you get $80,000 for every year you're behind bars and you're wrongfully convicted. Ohio is 40000 but Kentucky and Indiana and many other states offer no compensation, and Indiana was one of them. So her big mission now is she's reconnected with her son, although it was hard for him to, uh, he was 17 at the time when she was released. <clears throat> it was hard for him to just, you know, move right in with mom because she hasn't been around. But the first the first thing she did when she got home or to her mom's house was watch him sleep, she said, because she's never Aww. been able to do that. Um, but she has reunited with him. They have a relationship. Um, she has moved since to Chicago, and she works for uh, a university as a chaplain, like a chaplain's assistant. I'm not really sure what that is. I think it's something to do with the church, maybe? Sure. I'm looking at Kenny because I feel like he's like more holy than us and would know these things. I'll look it up. Okay. Just because he looks like a good little He looks like a good little, like (laughs) Miss Steinbauer did did good, yeah. Yeah, Mrs. Steinbauer. Um, She said that um, she wants to now do something that hasn't been done before to (laughs) encompass the whole picture and make a real difference for people that are wrong, wrongfully convicted. Mm. Like, for example, she wants to set up um, a retirement plan for them because they haven't been paying into Social Security. Right. And they, um, what about insurance? She doesn't have insurance. She can't get insurance. Job training, education, um, everything that you need when you walk out of prison that you, because you don't have an actual conviction because it was dropped, you have no access to those resources. And that seems crazy. I know. It's really, and you wouldn't think about it until someone tells their story, I guess. Right. I guess I never thought about the fact that if charges get dropped and you leave, you're kind of just like out there. Yeah. And she did end up getting her degree while she was in um, prison. And um, she said she just wants people to, when they get out, to have a place to live and get everything they need to survive because their lives have been taken away from them for the past X amount of years. So I... Although it's a sad story because she did lose her son, she did, but she also gained a son, mm-hmm. and she also fought for her life, and she's a survivor. So my, it was totally just an accidental fire. Yep, and they just blamed her for it. Every which, and there, again, there are so many details. Like when they went back to court to try her case, <clears throat> there's something else which I didn't put in here because I didn't fully understand and I was confusing myself. But there was something with Tony, her son, who passed away. His um, carbon monoxide in his lungs was at eighty percent. I guess if you're over fifty, that's it'll kill you. But right. if the fire had actually started in his room the carbon monoxide wouldn't have been that high because they mm. would have been burnt. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't have had time to like breathe in that much smoke because he would have been burnt. He would have died from burns. Yeah. Where if it started in the ceiling, that makes more sense where like it was more of a smoke. He died from the smoke versus the fire. So wow. there's a lot of like twists and turns that were uncovered with this new fire science. <laughs> fire science. <laughs> fire science. Look it up. <laughs> it's new. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that's the story of Christine Bunch. Um, I, that just reminded me, I heard it literally in passing on the radio, so I mm-hmm. have no details on this. But apparently, recently, there was a little girl who learned about fire safety in school. Okay. And her house caught on fire. Oh. And so she did what she was told to do, which was um, get low, which Stop is my favorite. Roll. That's my favorite thing to do is get low in a, Jenny's like, in a just panic get situation. Low. She got under a bunch of blankets to try and help like keep the smoke away okay. from her 
but she was in the basement of her house. But good news. The firefighters came and they found her. She was still alive. Oh. And it was good that she was under the blankets because it did stop her from breathing in too much of the okay. carbon monoxide. And she told them, I survived because my teacher told me about fire safety. And so they oh. gave her and her teacher an award. That's so sweet. Isn't that cute? Yeah, I like that. I have no idea where that came from. It was on like um, the Bobby Bones show, which if you guys what? have ever heard, I no. fucking don't know. It's it's like on country, country radio. Oh, okay. That's why. I don't listen yes. to country <clears throat> okay okay are we ready mine I'm is ready tell me a story <clears throat> mine is less gruesome depressing okay good i mean I really hers, wanted to kick at the, the end year, right? at, no at the end <laughs> i feel like really great that she got out but i'm still sad about the little boy i know what just and well, the mother's heartbreak like oh my ugh. god and then to be blamed for it yeah. i would punch someone mm-hmm. in the face okay so i'm doing the survival story of joan murray now, Joan is 47 years old. Uh, she had a successful marriage, which I'm like, okay. Okay, what does that mean? Brag about it. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Just kidding. So rude. <laughs> uh, she had successfully raised two beautiful twin girls. Okay. And then it says, and had finally started to enjoy life. I'm like, no, wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait, Stop whoa, whoa, the whoa, press. Whoa, whoa, whoa. If you have a successful marriage and have raised Two, two successful kids. Two beautiful and kids. Successful. Or am I adding that? Whatever. Whatever. They're you're successful. Already, you're already like. But she had finally started to enjoy life. You're already enjoying life. Like, fuck off. Yeah. But it's fine, Joan. I'm not going to judge you. It's whoever wrote this Joan, article. Is Joan the survivor in the story? Yes. Okay. Sorry, Joan. <laughs> we don't mean to bash it's whoever you. wrote this is I'm like, so now that she has got the kids out of the house and stuff. Now she can enjoy life. I right. think what they meant to say was she, she can more, enjoy her. She had more Joan time. She has more downtime for herself. Yes. Okay. Author. I will rewrite the article for you. <laughs> Anywho, um, she had a job at the bank and, um, sometimes she liked to, uh, really get into the work life balance and so she would find things now that she could live her life as she liked. Now that she could enjoy it. <laughs> now she could enjoy her fucking life. <laughs> um, now those she, pesky kids are gone. She sometimes would uh, do things that were just for Joan. And I like that about her. Oh, I mean, can't you do those things now? I mean, I mean I'm mean, i going to dinner tonight to get a drink. I don't I, know. And I'm doing that because I want to. Anyway, I also bought a horse recently. So. I mean. Yeah, you can do whatever the fuck you want. I got a facial last week. So. Woo! Um... So what she liked to do, she had a little pleasure, and it was skydiving. No, Joan. <laughs> now, Joan, you're God. 47 fucking years old. How do we learn? Rain it in. Just kidding. If you like skydiving, I just, oh. I know someone who survived a terrible skydiving mm-hmm. accident. I still want him to come on the show. Um, I'm going to reach out to him. It's like one of my best friend's brother's. Anyway. Yeah, you told, I mean, ridiculous. you briefly told the story after I told the one skydiving story. Right, right. Um, all right, so, Joan, let's hear it. All right, Joan. She ju- she had jumped out of 35 planes. Wow. Um, the first few times she did it tandem, which means that you have a person with you. Mm-hmm. And I think I've told that story about when I was in Switzerland. Yes. And he was real hunky. Yeah. He was, I was a hunky. It was like a, it was a bunch of like old men and then Tom, the hottest man on earth. And it was like, who's He's coming like, with me? And I was like, <laughs> me. And then he goes, your name is Jenny. And of course I am Tom. And then I was like, but did you skydive? I thought it you was it was paragliding. Paras- okay, paragliding. Yes, that's where you're holding onto the plane thing. No, right? oh no, shoot! Uh, I was listening. I promise. Para- yeah, paragliding. You the parachute oh. is open. Yeah, the parachute's already open. It's and on the ground. I got strapped in with Tom, the hot man. 
and then we ran off a mountain. So as you start to run, the parachute comes up over your head. So there's like, I feel like it's, I think you could still have accidents, but I. Yeah, you can. But listen, there's no pulling of any fucking cords. The parachute's already out. You know it's going to work. Yeah. As you're running, it comes up over you and then you can feel it start to lift you Unless, and then like, you just sit. A gust of wind like flips you over or something. Okay. I don't know. Well, all I can say is I remember it, I ran off that mountain and I said, I cannot believe I'm running off a mountain with a man and a piece of nylon strapped to my back. But he's cute. But he's cute. So let's do this, Tom. <laughs> okay. Off track. Uh, so she, she started going tandem at first and then she would, you know, start going by herself. She said she would get that nervous feeling every time she got, uh, up to a certain point mm-hmm. where the plane got to that perfect altitude. Oh. And she said it was nerves mixed with adrenaline. And she said it was sheer freedom in the free fall. So like as she's falling, she said, you've never felt more free. Oh, okay. I have goosebumps because I, I am like, too. I'm like, no, 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 uh-uh. no, no. Uh, she said there's no other feeling like it in the world. Uh, that one minute plunge out of the plane. You can feel the air ripping through you before opening the parachute. Um, she said it's a little bit of momentary terror. Yeah. <laughs> you think? Uh, and then she said, you know, then you pull your parachute and then you feel like you're floating. And I'm like, okay, that's a pretty, that's a pretty thought. Okay. Sure, 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 Joan. That's great that she finds joy in it. Yes. I, if you find joy. Whatever makes you happy, Joan. Yes. Like. I find joy in riding horses. Some people are terrified of that. Yeah. I horses kind of, they don't scare me. I just am, I feel like if you haven't been around them, <clears throat> I respect them. I appreciate them. I think they're gorgeous and I obviously love all animals, but to me get on and ride one, I'd be scared. So yeah, it's scary sometimes. Yeah. I rode a different horse because Donna got sick over the holidays. Oh, Donna. And um, it was not the same. And I, I was like, I can't, I can't cheat anymore. I just no. want Donna. Is she okay? Yeah. She just had oh. like a horse flu Oh, or a horse cold. Anyway, she was on antibiotics. It's going around. Yeah. I'm supposed to hear today (laughs) if she's okay to ride this weekend. Anyway. um, So this is now September 25th, 1999. Um, Joan woke up. She took a drive uh, that was one hour to Chester County, South Carolina. And she put on all of her gear. She loaded into a plane. She was about to take her jump. It would be her 36th. So she's standing in the plane and she was waiting for the all clear, like that they're at the right altitude and all that stuff. Uh, and she jumped out of the plane and she said she enjoyed that feeling of falling. Um, she said her, the wind would like push her cheeks into like a, a permanent smile position. Uh-huh, like, she just like thought it was so fun. All I can think about, have you ever seen someone with a vacuum cleaner? Yes. And it just like the whole <laughs> mouth is like shaking and all you hear is that like disgusting noise. Mm-hmm. Okay. Great. So we're on the same page. <laughs> <laughs> so as she's falling, she pulls the cord to release her parachute <laughs> and <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Like, great, now we're on the same page. <laughs> she pulls the cord to release her parachute. <laughs> Nothing happens. Chet. <laughs> Motherfucker. <laughs> um, so is it the best time now, Joan? Without now, your kids? Now are you, are you happy? <laughs> Poor Joan. Sorry. I love Joan, you, you're Joan. a survivor. We love you. Um, so she had to think quick. She started spinning out of control, uh, but she actually was able to cut away the defective chute. So, like, the chute that Damn. didn't... Yeah, she got. She was able to cut it. Like, do you keep knives but while you're shooting? But isn't there a better option? Like, shouldn't they just make it easier to detach yourself from that? If I don't know. It says she cut away the defective chute. So I'm like, is that a knife? Is that parachuting scissors? Is that? I mean, do you have to like, have that clear? Do you have a machete process? on you? I don't. I don't understand what's <laughs> Let happening. Let me get out my here. pocket knife. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Let me just. She just has some nail clippers. She's like, <laughs> okay. Um... 
So she, she then pulled the cord to her backup chute because there's a backup chute, obviously. Um, she thought she would never, ever have to use the backup chute. It opened like magic, just like it was supposed to. Oh. But Joan was still spinning uncontrollably because she couldn't get herself to stop. And the cords got all tangled. Oh, and the, no. the backup chute then got tangled in itself. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. So um, at 700 feet, her rescue chute completely deflated. Oh, my God. That's so high. <laughs> yes. She was heading towards the ground at 80 miles per hour. Uh-uh. Okay. So she hits the ground. <gasps> Get so ready the for this. Sh- okay. The chute did not work. She hits the ground. She was two and a half miles up. Oh, my God. How does she survive this? Shh. Get ready. It's amazing. Breath was knocked out of her. Guess what yeah, else was th- knocked out of her? Her teeth. The fillings in her teeth. Just the fillings. Yeah, her fillings were knocked out of her teeth. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> no. How rude. How rude. I'd be like, I need a better dentist. Yeah. No he didn't offense, put those Joan. in good enough. God. <laughs> so she couldn't move. Uh, the world was starting to go dark. She lay in this field. Um, she was lifeless. She felt very alone. And then the ground below her started to move. And then she felt the first sting. What? Like a hot needle being pushed into her skin. And then another and another. What's happening to her? She didn't know, but the pain was so great that she passed out. And when paramedics arrived... Joan was covered in fire ants. <gasps> Holy shit. No. <laughs> yes. Out of all the places. She landed on a fucking fire ant. Oh my Ill. God. <laughs> God, Joan. But did, did that save her life? Yes, oh. it did. Uh, she was bit. You wait, stop for okay, one second. Yes. Think how bad a fire ant bite hurts. Mm-hmm. If you just fell from the sky like that. Uh-huh. And you're recognizing the fire from the fire ants. You're not you're not like, oh, my collarbones broke. Right. Oh, this, my teeth are falling out or whatever. You're being bit by so many fire ants that you're recognizing that pain. Yes. Like burning, stinging uh, pain. I okay. don't think I've been bit by a fire ant. Have you guys? I haven't either. No. No. Okay. I don't want to. It so painful. that's not an invitation to send me fire ants, no. anyone. Don't do it. All right. It. Don't do it. Um, so she had landed on this ant hill and they had to protect their colony. So they came out and attacked her. <laughs> She was bit over 200 times. 200! That's everywhere. And I'm sure she's broken in a lot of places, Mm -hmm. so she can't, like, brush them off her. Yep. So the right side of her body was completely shattered. Mm. Okay. She lay in bed at the hospital. She was 115 pounds, which I'm like, good for you, fucking Joan. Great. Joan, she's 48. God, 47. 47. But still. Come on, Joan. I weighed that when I was, like, 20. Right? Something. Damn it. Anyway, but we look beautiful just the That's way fine. we are. Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. It's positive talk. Is That's right. And non-alcoholic wine. That's that right. I'm chugging. It's so good. Um, her body that was 115 pounds swelled to the size of a 300-pound sumo wrestler. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? From the ant bites. Yes, the ant bites and the like trauma of falling oh, and two from and a half miles. Out of the sky. You know, whatevs. She was covered in blisters from the fire ant stings. She was bruised and swollen and had broken bones all over. So the truth is she was only alive because of the ants. Mm. The repeated bites had kept her heart beating and her nerves firing. Wow. So if the ants hadn't been there to sting her 200 times she so died. the paramedics could get there, she would have died. Oh, my God. Because her heart and her nerves great, were just shut down. What a great story. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. So, like, it was fate that she just happened to land on a land fire on ant a hill. fire ant hill 
great work. I wonder Joan. if it was like a larger, uh, uh, just a very large anthill too. Like it had to have been like a larger be. than normal is the word I'm looking for. Yeah. And I don't, I mean, I'm guessing they were out doing this in the middle of nowhere kind of. Yeah. I would assume it's in South Carolina. Um, she woke up and she was in so much pain. Uh, she said she could never imagine pain like that. Um, she had to go through 20 reconstructive surgeries. Oh my God. She had to have 17 blood transfusions. Oh. She had to learn how to walk again. She had rods in her leg. Tell me she does not go skydiving still. But she counted the days until she could leave the hospital. <sighs> in six weeks, she oh. stood up with a metal rod in her right leg, a five-inch spike in her pelvis, and holding frantically onto a cane. Mm. Uh, the chart that when she came into the hospital and the doctor had the chart said miracle on it. Like the doctor just like oh, just scribbled the world miracle. Um, so she jumped right into a rigorous physical therapy routine and made her way back to work at the bank. Um, she really wanted to stay active after the accident. Even with a rod in her leg, she still ran. Um, she doesn't blame anybody but herself. Um, she knew what to do. She had been trained. Um, but she did the right thing. Yeah. She said she panicked in the moment and didn't take the actions that she should have to prevent her from spinning um, after cutting away the main cord. So I get that, but still, I mean, I accidents mean, happen. It's, yeah. We're all human. She still got a knife out and cut it. I mean. Okay. Shortly after she went back to work at the bank, Joan jumped out of a plane again. <gasps> Joan, stop it. It was her 37th dive. Oh my God. Was it a success? And she said, it was perfect. Oh. Well, good for her for not letting fear. Yeah. Although. I mean, insanity. But yeah. like, so the I this I wish I had written down where I got this article from but um it, the moral of the story is you don't have to fall 14,000 feet or two and a half miles or whatever it is Jeez. to be shaken you can have other failures that make you feel like you totally bit the dust like got bitten by yeah. ants whatever but just one failure doesn't mean you have to stop doing something that you love or that you that you want to do mm-hmm. so um this is some like motivational website apparently that I got this from. So that's great. Uh, Joan Murray could have died, according to doctors. She should have died, um, but she felt like her body had healed sufficiently. And the first thing she did, she got back out there and she jumped out of a plane again. I mean, good for her. It's like getting back on the horse yeah. after you fall off. Yeah, it is. So, and that's a great story for the new year. Yes. So if you are trying to do something, maybe it didn't work out in nineteen. Try it again. 2020 could be your year. Try it again. Get back on it. You got this. I feel good about it. So anyway, that is the story of Joan Murray. Sorry I made fun of her a lot. Joan, but we're sorry I made fun of you, but... <laughs> but damn, girl. But damn. And that, those fire ants? Yikes. Wow, that's good. That's a great story. Thanks. Thank you. Great New Year's story. Yay. All Kenny? right, Kenny. Kenny, what you got? Okay. So, you guys, I'm wasted. Me too. Oh. Woo! A prison soccer match between rival cartels ended how? Soccer match. A soccer match. Ended Um, how? In a dance party. (laughs) Okay, okay. I'm bringing better guesses in 2020. I'm I'm going to say that wasn't better. I'm not. I'm (laughs) going to say the um, one of the players was strung up in the um goal oh like hung or what like just like like a spider-man web okay just like thrown in there yeah tied uh, up <laughs> it ended with 16 people dead 
Oh. No, that's not how you play soccer. <laughs> I thought maybe they all became friends and like. No, this yeah. is, that's not how you play soccer. You guys are doing it wrong. No. So, so there's a, there's a dirty know. tackle. It led to an argument, which then led to firearms being drawn and shots being fired. Wait, wait, wait. They're, They're in prison. prison. How do they have guns? Hear me out. The riot broke out. It took three hours for the guards and National Guard to take it to an end. When the riot ended, they found guns and knives that were smuggled into the prison oh. on Christmas because the match happened on New Year's Eve. So when family members visited, they got gifts. Of Listen, the only gifts don't, the cartel want. Don't cocaine, your well, guns. And marijuana, scissors, phones, and one bottle of liquor. Oh, just one? Yeah, there's That's 77 sad. bags of marijuana, just one bottle of liquor. Oh, well, well we know what they prefer. I mean, it's probably easier to smoke. I don't know. I feel like it'd be harder to smoke in prison than drink in prison. I the have smell. no idea. Yeah, but you can hide what marijuana the guards in places. Smell well, they make it? you. They they make you go outside though. Yeah, that's true. I feel like they don't. You don't smoke inside of a prison. They make you go outside. Yeah. Good point. Good point. And they when they search your room, put the you tequila in, in like a water bottle or something. I have no idea. I'm assuming it's tequila. Listen, that might be I was in jail. This I hope it was tequila because tequila is the best. I mean, that's I was going to say maybe tonight. like. A bunch of cocaine fell out of their butts or something. <laughs> but I went with the dance party instead. I'm trying to keep it light, Kenny. I went with that they strung them up like Spider-Man in, in the goalie net. <laughs> I could have went with the lighter news was a Wisconsin town after 50 years is finally going to make snowball fights not legal. Not legal? Illegal. It's been illegal in this town to for To have a snowball years. fight? If Get you, the fuck out of here. If you threw here. a snowball, it's a $150 fine. What? I will say that one time my brother... Uh, put ice in a snowball and then threw it at my face. That's a dick move. And that hurt really that's bad. That's a brother move, though. I'm just telling you, that hurt really bad. <laughs> so um, I get it. I get that. But to make but it like legal, normally, I mean, normally, snowball and fights are Wisconsin. Fun. What about if you just eat the snow? Because Declan's really big on that right now. I don't think that's legal. Okay. I keep telling him, though, I'm like, be careful of the yellow snow. And he doesn't know what I'm telling him. And I'm like, he'll buddy, know. He'll buddy, know when listen, he does it. Listen. It's how you learn. It's how, how you, you learn. learn. You take yeah. a big mouthful of yellow snow and you figure Ooh. it out. Okay. Um, well, great work, everyone. I feel like another fabulous episode. We are approaching oh our gosh. one year anniversary. Yeah. Get ready for that. Shucks. I can't believe it's almost been a year. Um, we are in the works of trying to figure out how to do a live show. Um, and in probably, Cleveland. Yeah, in Cleveland uh, or Cleveland area. So if you guys are from here and you know of a place, like we're thinking like a winery or a wine tasting yeah. room that would have room for like, you know, just a handful of people to come we're watch. We're not really sure how many people. Yeah. We don't we even don't know, know how many people would want to come. So if you're in the area and you feel like you'd like to come see us live, uh, we would love to get some suggestions on where we should do it. And tell us if you're interested. The yeah. more people we know interested, the more likely it's going to happen. That's right. So, um, happy new year, everyone. We're so happy that it's 2020 and we hope you are too. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Hey guys, it's Jenny from Sip, Survive, Repeat, and we love our listeners, but we want to get some more ratings and reviews. So if you guys could log on to Apple podcasts and then give us a rating and a review, we'll send you a sticker. All you need to do is send us a screenshot of your rating and your review to either our email, sipsurviverepeat at gmail.com, or direct message us, or DM us as the kids like to say, on any social media. So all you have to do again 
is rate and review on Apple Podcasts and take a screenshot of that and send it to us at one of the channels I just mentioned. And we'll send you a Sip, Survive, Repeat sticker. And it's big, you guys. Size of your hand at least. So again, send it to us and we'll see you soon.